Localized.city, and this is my first apartment. As a native New Yorker, I'm fascinated by people's first experiences in this city and their story of making New York feel like home. Today we have Eric Adams, the borough president of Brooklyn. Thanks so much for joining us, Eric. Hey, Aaron. Thanks so much for you know this conversation. I think sometimes people don't realize the impact of your first apartment. It is, it's, a, it's a significant milestone and it's a your first step into independence and really really defining who you are yeah um i couldn't agree more actually i grew up in the bronx i went to public schools in manhattan my whole life or from middle school and high school and like for years i had this like fantasy of moving to manhattan of mm-hmm. finally making it uh, my first apartment was i spent i think 60 percent of my take-home pay on it on mm-hmm. 13th and 4th um after 12 months, I got Manhattan out of my system. Um, and now I'm a resident of Brooklyn. Um, so it's You're a smart man. <laughs> <laughs> my, my grandmother grew up in Brooklyn. She left, um, moved in with my grandfather in the Bronx. And they, our family had, I guess, a, a generational skip in, in the Bronx. But um, Bubby, we're back. <laughs> uh, I guess you were, you were telling me a little earlier about kind of the healthcare initiatives you're doing with Bellevue, kind of how to um, ha- help people do lifestyle changes and keep them out of the ER. Uh, the, the, the goal is really to move people to a place of wellness, and we have focused on that uh, in Brooklyn. We talk about um, where we are housed, and we often ignored uh, the most important housing we have is our body. Uh, our body is important to us. Us, no matter where we move, it's going to always be there. And too many people are experiencing chronic diseases uh, in this country. Almost 50% of adults are experiencing some level of chronic disease. And I was one of those stats, as well as my mother and my sisters and brothers. And when I experienced uh, diabetes, and was able to explore and how I could reverse it without medicine, I wanted to share that. And Bellevue. Hospital with Dr. McMacken. Uh, they really partnered with our office, and now we have an amazing experiment po- pilot project taking place at Bellevue, where 170 people are enrolled, 600 people are on the waiting list, and they're looking about disease reversal and how just by lifestyle changes. And the initial reports are extremely promising, and we, we are excited about really the first of its kind in this country of going into a lifestyle medicine in a major hospital. Bellevue is the oldest hospital hospital in America, and it's important that uh, we start turning the corner on health in this country. Yeah, and um, to speak to, to your lifestyle changes, I've, I've seen the photos of you at the Polar Bear Plunge. <laughs> um, I think after we talk about your apartment, I might challenge you to an arm wrestle. Um, I've, I've been lifting a bit myself, um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see yes, um, yes, if you, yes. you can back up your strong rhetoric with um, a strong arm. But I guess um, to your first apartment, um, you're telling me it was in Midwood. Yes. Um, and I guess you'd kind of you'd grown up in Brooklyn. You'd lived in Queens as well. Yes. Um, yes. And then, so how old were you when when we got what you? call your first apartment my first apartment in midwood on ocean avenue i was 19 at the time and it was a joint venture with my girlfriend at the time and we moved together and it was a great experience you always know, a gamble yeah, yeah oh it is it <laughs> is you know but it was a great experience because we were friends first mm-hmm. and i liked her as a person And little did I know that apartment was so important because it taught me 
how to make sure uh, my credit report was never destroyed. And she was really the person who stayed on me, and she would talk about this thing about credit report, which I had no idea what it was at that time at 19. That's why financial literacy is so important, and we teach it in schools now. But it was just really learning, hey, you have to pay these bills, you know? I was I was so scared of credit that, like, <laughs> luckily I got, like, essentially a full ride to college. I didn't have to take out loans. And, like, I like about three years ago, I applied to have like a payment program for the Apple phone, right. like the iPhone, <laughs> um, the payment program. And I had, they, I, it wasn't that I had bad credit, I had zero credit. Right, um, right. Cause I was just so scared of going into any debt. Um, and then I learned, okay, um, you can't get something with zero credits. And I took out, I got a credit card, I then put, um, Spotify on it to right, uh, right. Yeah, that routinely. So your your first credit was that apartment. Yes, um, it was. How did you find the apartment? Like I assume there was no Craigslist or local <laughs> city. At the no, time. it was it was a different place. We're talking about during the uh, you know early part of time. You, you're going back into what seventy nine. It was a different place. There, you know, young people. My son, he finds it hard to believe. He was. He used to say, "You actually looked in a newspaper," you know. <laughs> but it was about looking through the newspaper, going through, and actually visit. There was no online where you can do a scan of the apartment. No, you had to go there and actually wait for the super, and go upstairs and actually look at the apartment. But it was a great experience. It was the first time I moved in that part of Brooklyn and coming from Queens because my, my family, we were I was raised on in, in Brownsville, uh, 1218 Gates Avenue. I remember the address. Uh, Broadway was down the block. We thought it was the same Broadway where Sammy Davis Jr. danced, <laughs> but little did we know it was Brownsville Broadway. <laughs> uh, but it was an exciting experience coming back to Brooklyn. I just always felt Brooklyn had the energy the diversity and just a different way of life here in the borough. And so we moved in uh, during around 79, 80, and it was extremely exciting. Which So which newspaper had the Brooklyn listings? It was the, I believe it was the Daily News at the time. I, I forgot what it was, and I think it was a apartment rental paper that we looked through. We looked through a couple of papers until we found one that was reasonable and the rent was not as it is today. It wasn't too <laughs> damn high. It was reasonable, you know. Uh, the the rents were reasonable and it was about putting your budget together and figuring out. And I remember how excited I was about going in and painting the place and the layout of the rooms. And that is why I tell the people. rooms. Yes. Oh, luxury. <laughs> it was a it was a it was a one bedroom with a living room, a a reasonable sized bathroom and a small kitchen. And I would design this place all the time and my girlfriend said, "Listen, you don't own this, you know." <laughs> but I would use, I would try so many different ways of having it fit. And little little did I know it was a practice session for when I actually bought my own uh, first co-op and then uh, my brownstone. It was because of those skills I acquired back then that I was able to do the renovation first in my co-op and then my masterpiece of doing the gut rehab in my brownstone was really an exciting oh. thing to do. Wait, where's your brownstone? In Bedford-Stuyvesant. Nice. You know, nice block, um, great community, thriving and growing. Uh, the community has has gotten so expensive 
uh, but many of us who arrived early when we were willing to uh, make sure that we took roots in uh, Bedford-Stuyvesant. And I say the same thing that people look at Brownsville in East New York, the same things people were saying about that are saying now about Brownsville in East New York, they were saying that about Browns about Bedford Stuyvesant. And that apartment, the first apartment, it was a stepping stone. You know, I talk to young people now when they come home from college and they say, Oh, you know, the borough's too expensive. I can't buy a brownstone. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't buy a brownstone. You know, the unwillingness to say, okay, how do I start out with a small co-op? And then, you know, save my money so I can eventually uh, buy a home. I'm taking notes, so how? <laughs> <laughs> but it's about, you know, the steps. It's not, yeah. it didn't come, it, it, it took me, uh, you know, close to 18 years of being a police officer before I was able to, to afford a, a brownstone. You know, it, it, yeah. it took me about seven years before I was able to afford my co-op. And there was a lot of sacrifices. I could have afforded, when I was renting on Ocean Avenue, I could have afforded a new car. But I knew that I did not want to drive my wealth or wear my wealth on my back. And I think that people don't realize when you make the transitions from your new apartment into what you own, it comes with sacrifice. Now, I made that sacrifice then, but when I fast forward to when I own my home, it's a four-family home, the equity and the rent allowed me to pay my son's college tuition, yeah. you know, at American University, $52,000 a year. There was no way I would have paid that, that if I didn't make those right sacrifices in the beginning. And so as people move into their new space, they should think about that and have a long-term plan and not just an immediate plan. If you want to say, okay. Mine is the lottery. <laughs> uh, I've been, I'm starting with scratch-offs. I'm going to work my way up. I'm going to hit a couple, then see if I can yeah. build the luck. And, you know, we laugh about that, but that's actually how people do their financial planning. They think that somehow luck is going to come along, and it does come along, but it also must meet preparedness. That's the combination. Oh, yeah. oh, I mean, yeah, like my my first when the first apartment I was talking about in in Manhattan when I was paying way too much um, for way too little. And then it was like, OK, <laughs> I can't eat like I and like the place didn't even have a good kitchen. So I like, wasn't cooking um, right. and it was just right. it was not a, a good thing. And then it's like, OK, like I switched to a job I liked more that paid me a lot less and then just started like now. I Now I'm li living in um, Bushwick. I'm paying a fraction of what I used to pay. Right. Um, right. I have a backyard. I have a living room. And it's just. Right. Like, okay, like, That's what right. what are the decisions I have to make? So right now I'm driving a, a 2001 Honda Accord. Luckily Smart not man. to work every day. What was, the, what was the car you were driving? Uh, my, my dream car. My dream car was a convertible uh, Stingray. Corvette Stingray. And that's I what you had that. in your first apartment? Yes, yes, okay. yes. It was an older model. It was <laughs> the model was was fifteen years old and that was just a ladies' magnet, man. <laughs> I love that car. I think you know? women in Brooklyn today, it's probably a turn off if they find out I'm driving a car. Like if right, I, right, right. Well, no, right. actually they like the it's like, okay, we can go to like parks, we can go to beaches, but it's like the you know, you know the, the, the biggest turn off. The lady ever is? magnet now. Ten PM not being able to find parking. <laughs> it's like no 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 just we'll check that block and it's like I'll just get out lady magnet now is a bike or a metro card <laughs> so it's the, I have the unlimited metro card um i 
I have right. Uber, I have Lyft, I have Via on my phone. That's right. We had, had a no- couple drinks. We can get home. <laughs> Don't worry. Nothing is more sexy than watching you swipe your Metro card on the train. Oh, I'm I'm good. <laughs> like, no, I feel like. I assume you have this experience where, like, you're behind. It's like you're at 34th Street, and like you see like a tourist go, and they did no clue. They because like to swipe the metro card, you have to. It's somebody once explained to me the pace of the metro card is the pace of a step. So if you mess up the first swipe and then you're stationary, That's you're right. not getting it. I would say like I remember like JJ Reddick in college when he was like 98 percent from the free throw line. Uh-huh. That's me with the metro card. <laughs> JJ Reddick's a resident of Brooklyn now. Um, oh, is he? Yeah, he lives in he lives Everybody, in Brooklyn Heights. Despite everyone never is playing. here. Everyone yeah. is here. This. This is a this this is a hot place to live, and the real gym of that first apartment because I I grew up in a community that was a, a predominantly African American community, and so when I moved to Ocean Avenue to see the diversity Avenue J between Coney Island Avenue and Ocean Avenue is a heavy Jewish population. You had a large uh, Caribbean population in the area going into the uh, Flatbush Park. Uh, And so you begin, it was a good process to see how different groups live together in harmony. People always talk about um, how our city is divided, but in fact, every day, we, you know, we co-mingle. You know, you took the, I was taking the, the D train at the time. You see different people getting off the train, uh, different shops, different foods, different energy from synagogues to churches uh, to mosques. And it was just a great place to be in the, the you know, the cultural stew yeah. of that community. What, what food were you eating? Like, did you have a favorite pastrami place? Did you like everything? Favorite everything. oxtail place? Yes, yes. Um, you could get Caribbean, a Caribbean dish, jerk this, jerk that. Uh, you were able to get matzo ball, matzo ball soup over on Coney Island and Jay. Right, you were <laughs> <laughs> able to get pizza. One of the great pizza shops um, was located on Avenue J. And so it was a great place to, you know, really just try the different meals. Yeah. What was if, if there's one meal that you could go back to 1980 and like when it was probably a dollar fifty to get instead of <laughs> now it's probably eighteen dollars. What's the one? What's the one bite that like you're you're still tasting? Uh, it was the the gyro. I used okay. to lo- I used to oh love the lamb gyro. You know, oh, I, right throw that now. white sauce on. Was, with, <laughs> those were the meals. What's, what's your order? White sauce and hot sauce, uh, yeah, or just both? White, white oh, sauce, okay. hot sauce, ketchup. You know, <laughs> let it drip. <laughs> yeah. Do you get lettuce on it? Uh, with that lettuce and tomato. Oh, okay. You know that? I'm, I'm and picky. the pita bread had yes. to be hot. Yes. Yes. I don't want like fresh out of the bag pita <laughs> right. bread. Nah, no, no, no. no. Oh. It was an art to do it. There was a guy that used to be on Ocean Avenue. I mean, on Avenue J, right off the train station, the Avenue J J D train stop. He would be there with his little street cart, and they were the best. Nice. He'd keep the bread inside the little basket with the steam would keep it just the right temperature. And we used to go to the apartment. I, I built a little counter in the kitchen, and we'd just chop it up into slices. That was a good gourmet meal. Was it, was it open 24-7? 24-7, he was there. The he was hanging That's out. New York. Right. That's Brooklyn. You're not getting right. that. You're not, you go to Hoboken, everything shuts down at 8 p.m. Right. Right. You go to Staten Island, you go to the Bronx. No, Brooklyn's 24 hours. so true. So oh, true. Right. So I guess, yeah. And then right around the corner from the park was Midwood. A football field, mm-hmm. so you can go out, you can jog around the park, you can do the steps, uh, you can run up and down the field. It was open to the residents, so it was like we had. You didn't need a gym pass. 
Oh, no. You know, <laughs> we were down the block from the train station, so you didn't need a car if you didn't want one. You could just walk down a block to the train station. Everything was there in, in that first apartment. And it was a great experience. And I, every time I drive by there now, I talk about, hey, this was, uh, this was my first apartment. And my first assignment as a transit cop was District 34. And we used to have what was called TPF, uh, Transit Patrol, uh, Tactical Patrol Force. And we would leave and ride the trains from Brooklyn to Manhattan. I would pick up the train in Coney Island and drive all the way to West 4th Street. And my line often was the D train. That's the same line where, where I would take you know, back and forth home. So everything was just really focused in that part of Brooklyn for me. Have you, have you gone back knocking doors? Have you knocked the door of your first apartment? Yes, I went back one day. Were they a one or a five? Were they a voter? <laughs> no, no, they were, they were a, actually they were, they couldn't vote. They were an immigrant group oh. <laughs> that couldn't vote. But I wanted to really see how the apartment changed uh, over the years. It was a nice, strong, sturdy building. The, the Those buildings, those old pre-war buildings, the craftsmanship and how much people put so much energy into the buildings. Those buildings are built so strong. And I knocked on the door to see how it was. I was acting like I was looking to vote, but really I just wanted to see the apartment. <laughs> it was not on your knock list. Nah, it wasn't. No, oh, that's nice. I mean, yeah, like so much of Brooklyn has these like beautiful pre-war, I mean like Crown yes. Heights. Like my grandma, she grew up in, in East New York, Brownsville, and she always told me, oh, like Crown Heights is where the rich cousins live. Um, <laughs> and like we would go there, we would check it out, we would look around. Um, but no, I mean, my brother moved into to Crown Heights like eight years ago now yeah. and like just like, like the building, like the space, it's it's like incredible. Like you look at man, not to not to trash Manhattan. Manhattan has some beautiful right, apartments, right, um, right. but I don't know anyone who can afford them. <laughs> so like no, like most of my friends who live in Manhattan, you have this like tiny railroad flat that like was at best a tenement, and like you, but Brooklyn, we have space. Yes, we do. Yeah, no, the apartment was was very spacious, and just a good uh, community. It had a great super. Mm -hmm. uh, the landlords were a little slow on repairs. You Which, know. What, what happened? There's when a, you get a, a leak, story. when okay. you get a leak, uh, they were just slow in responding. Mm -hmm. uh, well, there's but, no email. Right. So like you were, <laughs> how, no, how did that work? Like, did you call up the landlord? Right, and right. You have just... to actually call the landlord and speak to the landlord to get the repairs that you wanted. But uh, it was a great super, kept the building clean. Because even an older building like that, if it's clean, you enjoy coming there and spending your time. And the super, he was really responsive. And it was a very clean space. And it was a safe space because my girlfriend at the time, she was going to school at night, so she would get home late. And that was a very safe block between Avenue J and Avenue K where she felt comfortable walking you know, down What about the, the other block. side of Avenue K now? <laughs> but that that entire area uh, you know became a large um russian population a large uh middle eastern population it was a very uh stable and mixed community we had one of the largest synagogues in brooklyn that was down between uh, avenue k and l i remember you know oftentimes stopping into the synagogue and meeting some of the people so it was a great experience and especially for 
of my first apartment coming back to the borough of Brooklyn. So I guess let's say like you're you're 22 years old or you're 19 today mm -hmm. um, and you're looking for that apartment. What neighborhood would you like if you like I guess I'll ask two versions. The the dream world where you have unlimited money, like you just hit the lottery or you just like I don't know, you're a startup founder and you made a million mm -hmm. um, or billion really. What would that neighborhood be? And then the next question is if <laughs> you're not that person, you're you're making on on minimum wage and you're you're trying to you and a couple friends are moving in, like where would you where would you want to move today? That's a great question. I think many young people like the thought of moving to Williamsburg or Greenpoint or in Crown Heights because of the nightlife. Mm -hmm and the excitement. So if you're looking just to rent um, as a bridge to get through school or to move to your, your next level, then I would encourage people to share an apartment with a friend, someone you, you like, and really uh, spend some time picking because going to grab a drink with someone is different from someone that is going to drink out of the same pitcher in oh, your, in your I, fridge. <laughs> oh, I mean, I have, um, they might be listening, but I, I don't need to go too deep into, into some roommate stories. Right. Um, right. I, I, I love you, but like, it wasn't that fun when we had to kick you out. <laughs> um, and he knows this. He's paid me back. It's all good. Right, right. Found another subletter. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it was that fine. That is so important. But yeah, no, yeah. it's, you really need to, cause like, yeah. it's like, yeah, you, it's important to pay the rent. It's important right. to say you're paying the rent, but it's way more important to pay it than tell me you're paying <laughs> It, and then like it's two weeks it's like the 14th and you get an email from the landlord and they're like what's right. going on so important yeah. <laughs> honestly i i find that like um even with friends it's actually tougher to to, to do it with friends than to do it with um random people you met on the internet yes with the random people you get to like really like you get to interview them it's like a full process with friends you just assume everything will be smooth so true don't hire anyone you can't fire Mm -hmm. Don't live with someone that you can't kick out. <laughs> you know? that's, that's amazing. Right, yeah. right. And so I would suggest and I would tell people first room with someone, you know, enjoy life. Don't, you know, when you look at this city, 30%, uh, 44% of New Yorkers are rent burdened, you know, mm -hmm. meaning they're paying more than 30% to their rent. And even if you're in a lower economic stratus, you're almost extreme rent burden where, of you're paying over 50% of your income. And in, in, in poorer New York is 90% of them are in that place that they're paying a substantial amount. So be creative and, and share apartments. You know, share apartments. When my family came from the South, we lived with our aunt until my mother was able to save up money. And I think that people don't want to use that level of, level of creativity. Um, um, folks from the Caribbean, folks from Russia, folks from um, other European countries and other areas, they come and they live until they're able to save enough. And you should do that. You don't always have to. It's not going to be a permanent living arrangement. So I will encourage young people, share your space, save your money. And the next apartment should be something you own, a co-op, a condominium or a home. You should not look to rent for the rest of your life. You should take this opportunity to say, OK, listen, I'm going to be inconvenienced for a while and share your space. If you're young, I would encourage you to go Williamsburg, uh, Greenpoint, enjoy life, have a lot of fun, uh, Crown Heights. If you're looking to start a family in your rental, I would look at it. I would actually look at areas like F Flatbush. Uh, depending on your economic status, if you could afford to live in the Dumbos, uh, the Brooklyn Heights, 
uh, in another area that I think is really underrated is Coney Island. Yeah. I think Coney Island, um, there's a lot of new development that's taking place there. And I think there's a lot of potential and opportunity for Coney Island and Sunset Park. Sunset Park is another attractive place to live. You have the uh, the R-Line, N-Line on 4th Avenue where you don't have to walk too far but to the train. But the beauty is that walking is good because that gives you the exercise you need. And you should be creative in your thought that how do I build into a plan of not only where I live, but how do I continue to enhance the body that I yeah. live in? And like a place like Coney Island, it might be far, but you're on, what, four or five different subway lines. Yes. So yes. Um, I just yeah. want to thank you, Borough President, thank so much you. for coming on to my first apartment. Mm-hmm. I heard a rumor that your next apartment um, <laughs> might, might be in Manhattan. Um, I don't Upper East Side I hear there's a a nice mansion up there Um, but yeah thank you so much for joining us great Um, show great concept and it's a great way of people to reflect on their first apartment and make sure that others have an apartment remember homelessness is a real issue Uh, you know the report just came out this week where 116,000 children are uh, either in homeless shelters uh close to 20-something thousand directly in homeless shelters or living in apartments that's not their own. You know, we have more people who are homeless now than the Great Depression, around 64,000. And so we should give thank if we do have a first apartment or we have a place to live. And that's something that we should think about. When we turn that key, realizing there's a large number of people that don't have a key to turn. Yes. Um, Thank you. And thank you for adding that. Um, So thank you for listening. If you want to come on, if you have any suggestions, follow us at Localize NYC on Twitter and Instagram um, and um, give us a listen and give us a share. Thanks so much. Thank you.